0: Welcome to the Words You Want No One To Hear podcast. My name is Stanley Eugene, and these are my poems. I hope these poems can help other people as much as they've helped me. Take a listen. Let me know what you think. Comment, like, and if you want to, continue to the next one. Later days. Part One Love to Love in the Moment I watched as you grow before you even had your first thought. I thought then that you would be one of my stars. You grew slowly, bit by bit, changing my home, how I thought, and what I thought I would want to be for you. You forced me to see my weaknesses. Force me to accept my strength. When you come, I will be there, standing by your mother and the Lord, ready to receive you and welcome you into this world. I will be there, ready to hold you and protect you. Let you know that life is gonna be hard. For me and your mother, with the Lord as always will always be there to guide you. You're not gonna like me. Sometimes you may straight hate me. And those moments are gonna be hard. But that is what it means to love in the moment. I will love you from your first moment. I will love you in your rebellious moments. I will love you when you pee on me. And in those moments. I will love you when you say your first words. I will love you when you walk for the first time. I will love you when you think you hate me. That is what it means to love in the moment. Thank you for listening to Love in the Moment. This is the first poem in Love. Episode 11- of Words You Want No One To Hear podcast. This week's episode is going to be about love and all the ways that love helps shape us. Love in the moment is going to be about parental love, specifically me becoming a father, and all the moments that entails, all the changes that that manifests in a person. The second poem, Discipline to Care, is about the second facet of parental love. The hardest facet of parental love, I would imagine. But that's my opinion right now, obviously. The understanding of teaching your child discipline and how much of a, of a benefit it truly is if a child truly understands why they need discipline. And then finally, in my last poem, To Remember Care, it's about remembering all those moments. All those little moments of love and discipline that help shape us and how through a combination of those first two and the memories that come with them, we persist in life and we continue and we get better. Okay, that's enough of the summary for this episode. Let's let's talk about the first um, poem, Love in the Moment. Love in the Moment is, like I said, about parental love and about what that means to me. So I think the main thing about this poem was that I was thinking about the importance of understanding what it means to be a parent. And when I thought about that in conjunction with love, I I thought about the moments. My fondest memory of my mom or my dad is not like long stretches of activities, not a continuous stream from like 10 years old to 12, but small moments moments. One car trip to visit my uncle when it was just me and my mom when I was like 13 and me and my mom got to talk. A small trip or a small trip after I came back from college going to my uncle's house and me and my mom talking again. Two hours worth of time but unforgettable moments. And that's what I wanted to describe and that's how I'm describing the process for me of becoming a parent. The way my wife told me we were pregnant for the first time. The utter dread I felt when I realized I'm going to be having a daughter. The wonder that came right after that when I realized I'm going to have a daughter. So I have somebody to take care of me in my old age. And it brought out so much to me. So much to the surface that I didn't really think about. I, I started to understand my weaknesses, which is kind of weird. But when I realized I was having a daughter, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to defend this child. So how do I do that? And for me, assessment of risk and assessment of protection usually has to. Impl- usually, I have to think about okay, where am I the weakest? Um, I'm out of shape right now. I haven't really thought what would happen if she's a if she's like opposite me, and she's like really like she's really an emotional person, while as opposed to being more introspective and thoughtful like I am. All these little weaknesses in my plan of family, but it was good. It led me to what the, what are the things that I know I'm prepared for? Well, I'm prepared for the late nights and the early mornings. I wake up super early and I wake up literally when a pen drops. So, baby start crying, I'm up and lack of sleep won't bother me none. I thought about all the books I've read on raising children. Um, kudos to my sisters for having me just read that stuff. They didn't really know I was reading it, but since I was involved in my niece and my nephew's life so much, hey, might as well read the books about it so I'm prepared. And um, now it's putting me in really good stead. I have a good mindset about the little person that I'm going to bring into this world being her own person. I can't shape her. I mean, I can shape her. I can't force her to be what I wasn't or what I wish I was. All I can do is allow her to figure out who she wants to be. I'm a guider. Um, as I said in the, in the poem, me, my wife, and the Lord will be there waiting for her. So I'm going to try to store her well and raise her in the church, raise her with faith. Hopefully it sticks, but I'll love her regardless. And that was another thing I realized just when I thought about how I'm going to be ready to receive her. She's going to have a mom and a dad She's not going to hopefully grow up in a single parent home like I did. Um, She's going to have a mother that loves her, a father that loves her, grandparents that love her, uncles, aunts, and cousins that are excited as all get out to meet her. All of these things she has ready to ready for her when she gets there, ready to receive her with open arms. And then In the poem, I talked about the thing that all parents have to deal with. And I think I'm going to have to deal with, hopefully not a lot, but knock on wood, (laughs) but uh, we'll see. The fact that she won't like me, that she may, in fact, rarely like me after a certain age, maybe when she becomes a teenager, maybe sooner, depending on her personality, and me just getting used to that concept now. Um, cause I already want her to just to like only love me, but I had to accept that the reality is that she's going to have, she's going to be her own person, just like my wife is own person, just like my siblings are on the, their own person. And there's no guarantee that anything I say, um, will have the same meaning to her. Hopefully it does. Hopefully, um, Hopefully, with proper guidance and stewardship, I'll be able to teach her, be able to explain things in a in a way that she will be able to consume. But once again, no guarantees there. Life is too random for me to know everything or be able to communicate in the best way all the time. So I'm going to have a couple of L's in there, and that's fine. From what I've been t- from what I've been hearing from my dad friends, that's normal. What I do have to make sure is that I'm there that I love her and that I care about her and that those moments that I have with her, whatever it may be, I cherish it. Because like I said at the beginning, I don't remember long spans of time with my mom or my dad, but I do remember the little moments, the the conversation I had with my dad. Um, when We were driving from Fort Lauderdale um, back to his house coming to Fort Lauderdale, back to his house when it was just me and him. Um, My sisters were at the house and we just talked. I realized that although he wasn't always there, he did always think of me and my sister. He did actually care. I remember that moment. I I don't think I ever forget it because it it finally came to my realization that both my parents um, were not perfect. And although they loved me, that didn't mean that they were good, and I, and I shouldn't hate one because they're not always in my life versus the other. I should accept that things happen that I that they they weren't ready to tell me at the time, but it doesn't change their love. And those were the moments, and those are the type of moments that I want to have with my kid—profound moments where. They're, they're figuring out something about me or they're figuring out something about themselves. And that's what love in the moment was about. Me telling my child all the moments that I want to have with her, all the things that are waiting for her to come here, all the things that she's put into motion just by her existence in me um, and out and in the way I do things. So out of me as well and all the people here ready to receive her. That's what love in the moment means. And that's what this poem was about. Well, let me know what you think. On to the next poem. Part two, love, the discipline to care. Discipline is to order one's behavior and thoughts to a code. Care is to provide the necessary provisions. Two words so different but intertwined in meaning and action, the discipline to care. To see a child lost in their rage, unable to understand or even comprehend what comes next or before or what they are, they need discipline to build their world figure out through the wage what they are and could be, the discipline to care, a child full of potential and hope, dream so big that the sky is too small to hold, to build and grow, discipline to those thoughts and actions are necessary, the discipline to care, A young adult new to the title plans have been made and dreams laid out, but actions are lacking. The cause isn't the person, but the lack of care. Discipline not rooted in one's thoughts and actions will never yield. The discipline to care, to see the world. With potential and hope, to turn that hope into plans and actions, to feel your emotions and nothing else, all show lacking of care or discipline. Both can be remedied and corrected with time, but discipline will be necessary. So discipline to your care. Thank you for listening to The Discipline of Care. This is the second poem in episode 11 of Love. This poem is about discipline and How it corresponds to care. It's profound in how those two things are intertwined and how they nicely fit into the concept of love. Okay, let's break up the title into its constituent parts. And then we'll go into how disciplining your child with care shows love. The discipline to care. You get it? Okay. It was a bit corny. It's cool. Is it, I'm, a, I'm about to be a dad. It's a dad joke. Let's get by it. Let's get past that. <laughs> okay. So, discipline is the act of ordering one's thought to uh, a code. It's a short abbreviated definition, but it sums up what discipline is. Care is to provide necessary provisions. For a child... As a parent, providing discipline and care is a given. It must happen, and the degree and the way it happens is also very important. One of the things i found the most astounding about astounding thing about disciplining your child with care is that how you discipline your child will dictate how they approach so many obstacles in their lives and also how they couch um, behavioral things. For me, my mom was a talker. When I did things incorrectly, the way she disciplined me was by making sure I understood what I did. The conversation did not stop. The conversation did not hesitate. She just went in, asking me questions until she knew that I understood. The discipline in this case was that by the time I did understand and I succumbed to the barrage of examples, her breaking down how it was good or bad, when I actually got to the end and I understood what I did... I felt guilty. Um, I felt bad because I I might have not realized what I did or why I did it. And now my mom was telling me it was wrong. So I felt guilty. The discipline was me feeling that guilt. It was self-imposed. And the ultimate goal. That ounce of guilt at that moment made it so that I would never do whatever I did before. One example of this is that when we were little, um, re- really little, I would wake up before my siblings, both my sisters, and if they had really done something really snotty to me the day before, I would wake up and, well... I would wake them up in unfortunate ways. My mom, when she would get home from work or if she was already work for, already home from work, working like a really late shift, and she would wake up to my sister screaming. It was funny to me at the time. But once my mom explained how it wasn't funny to my sisters. Note, I didn't care about that. Um. But how it disturbed her sleep—that changed how I handled harassing my sisters from that point on, mind you. Um, I still harassed them. I just did it when my mom was at home. But I felt really guilty. So that when I disciplined my, when I that my mom disciplined me by having that long talk about how she had worked hard, she was tired, and that gave me so much guilt that I just never harass my sisters when my mom was around, because usually if she was around, she would have just got off of work from a shift, and it didn't make sense because I didn't want those long conversations. <laughs> now, that didn't necessarily get the desired result, which was me not completely pestering my sisters, but it did get some results, and it disciplined me, and it taught me that you need to be slick with how you do things. And the care part was that my mom honestly could have beat me, Um, took a belt to me. But my mom was never into that. She always explained that she thought conversation would always do the trick. And as soon as you as soon as I understood what I did wrong, I would make the right decision. Literally, she said it just like that. As soon as you understand what you did wrong, you will make the right decision. It ended up being true because I knew what the right decision was by the end of the long conversation that I would end up doing it, which sucked. And that was how my mom passed discipline to me. She was very careful with how she told me I did stuff wrong. She was she cared about me. She made sure she I knew I knew that she was always doing it for care and not because she was angry and also that me me her disciplining me was trying to get me to adhere to a specific type of behavior uh, a specific code of behavior, a specific mannerism or something and using the same example not waking up my sisters early in the morning so she doesn't get any sleep like normal boys do. <laughs> Don't wake up my sisters in a by throwing water on them or something like that. Personally, I think that's normal for a young man, but my mom didn't, so she was trying to wean that behavior out. Anyways, um, the point was she was trying to show me that that behavior was wrong, and she explained why that behavior was wrong, and I understood why that behavior was wrong. So I changed that behavior, and that was the point. She showed me that my behavior could be changed through conscious act. I didn't need to be scared in order to change what I did. I would just need to apply my mind to a problem or, or to a situation or to a, a way I thought to change my behavior. That was the first step and one of the biggest step, I think, to me being able to understand myself, me being able to stop myself from doing things, basically. That also showed me that it helps me and it helped me to just understand how to order myself. One of the things my mom did for wanted me to do when I was, uh, I think, a tweem, um, and I got a room was to make my bed. For the first, I think, couple of for for a while there, when I got my bed, I didn't make it, and my mom would. Eventually, called from. But I actually got my own room. I think at that time, and mom was like, "Make my bed." And she just got she every time she would she would every time she would see me, she was like, "Did you make your bed?" And she would have the typical long conversation about why making the bed was important, why having a neat room was important, why generally being tidy was important. Some of that didn't stick, by the way. But the making the bed bit did. And even at my age right now, I always make up my bed. And although it may seem like something little, it was something that I could always control. Once again, on um, the same theme of me disciplining my actions through my thoughts. I could always discipline what I did by thinking that I could do it. And that first Win of the day was just really good when you're having a crummy day or, or a crummy week. You go to sleep crummy and then you make, wake up in the next morning and you make your bed. Oh, my bed looks kind of nice. One win. Sometimes it's enough to get you through. And that kind of thinking, the fact that if I discipline myself, And if I did it in such a way that's not hurtful to myself, like sometimes disciplining myself isn't always just wholesale restricting myself. Sometimes it's like, hey, I can only do or or only have this much. One example is Rice Krispie Treats. I love them. You leave a box with me, it's going to be gone. But one of the things I learned how to do is to make it so that I can, in fact, though... People that I know that love me do not agree that I can, I can. If you give me a box of of Rice Krispies and you tell me that I'm not going to get none for a whole year, I could discipline myself to have a couple of Rice Krispies every couple of months. Or if I can't buy Rice Krispies for a couple of um, months, I can restrict myself to the necessary amount so I don't go crazy once a week. I've done it. It was painful. It was horrible. But I knew I could do it and I was able to do it. I know it seems like an innocuous example, but it's showing that by applying my mind to the task, I could stop my impulses. And who doesn't want to have control over their impulses? (laughs) And finally, I think the last bit that discipline to care tried to convey was that. When you have dreams and you have all these things that you want to do, having discipline allows you to think about the bigger picture. If I'm doing the same thing every day and there's no deviation from that schedule, as I start planning out my big things, my big dreams, my big accomplishments, I have mental space for it. I've already I've already accustomed to the process of doing my normal routine of disciplining myself to an action. Disciplining myself to the next thing will just be a thought because I've already become accustomed to it. And all because I understood that at the end of the day, I control my mind. What I choose to or choose not to do is all within my control. And ultimately, if I discipline myself with care, I can accomplish anything. Well, that's it for this um, poem. I know it didn't see, it seemed like I was explaining more about discipline and care than the poem, but they are. I think I kind of wrapped it up there, but y'all let me know what you think. On to the next one. Part three. Love. To remember love. To remember love is to hear the echoes of things said and done in love. A parent reading a story to a child, an older sibling helping a younger sibling with their homework. To remember love. Memories of love come from anywhere and from any time in one's life. An aunt helping her niece pick out that first Christmas present for her parents. An uncle helping his nephew figure out what it means to care, to remember love. Actions hold memories better than anything else. And it is in the doing and the action that all things of substance are remembered. A father helping his daughter figure out how to paint her room. A mother teaching her children how to cook so they won't have to rely on anyone in the future. To remember love is to remember the echoes of things done and said. To remember the whens and hows of one's lifetime. It's to remember the actions that were done in your service just because. what it means to remember love thank you for listening to to remember love this is the last poem in episode 11 love in words you want no one to hear podcast um editor's note Um, I think in the previous section, I called this To Remember Care. That is incorrect. I actually changed the name of the poem as I was writing it to To Remember Love. That's why in that summary, it was called something different. Just want to let you know. (laughs) Okay. So To Remember Love, can this poem can be broken down into like three different parts. And three different points I actually want to make the importance of love, the importance of memories in regards to love, what makes memories persist, and why remembering love is so important. So let's start with the first point, the importance of memories. You can't really talk about love without talking about memories, because there will be nothing to equate the love to. Love is one of those interesting things where it... It lives in all three aspects of our concept of time, past, present, and the possibility of love in the future. The most astounding thing about past love, though, is that it holds evidence of things, actions, and people who have loved us and who have done things in love. Those are evidences that no one can take away from us because They're already done. And the only thing that can rob them of their value is a change in perspective. Okay. Let's look at an example real quick. So one of the first signs of love I remember from any family member, honestly, was when I was younger, I I had trouble speaking, um, and that was a problem. It sucked, um. But I remember my aunt, (laughs) and she said, it'll be okay. You'll get through it. Now, that memory doesn't stand out because she said it with so much confidence, and she said it with so much vigor. No. It was a matter-of-fact way that she said it all together. She had no doubts I would get through it. She had no doubts that I was intelligent. Lacked common sense sometimes, what she told me. But I had no doubts I would get through that period of my life and be able to speak and think, well, that was love. That was love in that moment, and I remembered it, and it got me through so much. But my perspective of that moment changed as I got older, and I realized um, as I was looking at my own nephews with their own issues, how apparent it was to me that it was just a matter of time that they got through it because of the small things that they would do and the way that they figured things out and the way that they thought and why they thought. It didn't rob that moment of love, but gave it more context to how she was able to come to that conclusion, why she was able to come to that conclusion. Ultimately, it was because she was confident in me. Um, And she saw attributes that I couldn't because I was too young to see them for myself. But with time and looking at that memory from a different lens, I see, oh, I definitely see how, how she thought that and why she thought that and why she was just confident with me with regards to that and why she didn't make it such a big deal because it wasn't. It was only my adolescent and childlike mind that thought that Me being able to say everything right was so important as opposed to me being able to say the important things right, which I was able to do. Then it was everything else that gave me problems, but that's a separate, that's a separate story. But that's one of the importance of why memories are so important with regards to love. Okay. Next point. Why memories persist. I mean, What's the importance of memories persisting? It's kind of unusual when people actually start thinking about how in some people's lives, they don't have any good memories. They don't have like that memory I just told you about an aunt supporting him or her. And they have just they have a vacuum of just bad experiences after bad experiences with nothing good, or loving in between. Memories persisting is important because everyone needs a good memory. Everyone needs something to show that you have been loved and that the person that you are is rooted in more than just your own thought, but rooted in the love and the actions that were given to you. One example, a couple of examples, I, I used to describe this in a poem was a father helping his daughter paint, a mother teaching her kids how to cook, a uncle, uncle talking to the talking to the nephew about life, a aunt taking her niece to shop for her parents for Christmas for the first time. Those are just isolated memories of just love. There's there's not there doesn't need to be anything else that makes them relevant. Because at that moment in that person's life, there was love. And when everything is stripped away from what humans can be and will be and the potential, potentiality that they have from childhood to adulthood, knowing that you had one good moment, one person that just loved you, gives you so much hope that there can be others. Tells you that, hey, you're worthy to be loved. And there's things to love about you, well, at least that's what I take from the why memories persist and why I think memories persisting is love generally and I and that kind of dovetails into our last point why remembering love is important I've already said one reason in the sense that without memories and without at least one loving memory it's People get lost, lost in all the chaos that the world has to as bombarding them with um, in terms of media, in terms of what people see in them, in terms of their perspective. And Without that one anchoring memory, without any anchoring memory, it's really hard to get through. But outside of that, outside of having that one good memory to support you to help you to encourage you remembering love is important because it's a tapestry of your past. It's the landmark the landmarks in your life of importance. And I and this this is stands for everything. I think for me one of the most profound things about love is that its effect on people is felt either now or in the future, and sometimes not right away. But that feeling within itself helps. Think about it like this. For me, one of the most thought-provoking things about remembering love is the fact that I understand that the most important things in my life are not always the most apparent ones. And that feeling of support, care, and encouragement that comes from any memory of love will get me through all the bitter memories for me as a christian that is more that is that is even more like like heightened um because for me my memories of love are are familial but also spiritual and those the spiritual is always constant but I also recognize that familial love for my family and my friends, that they're just as important as my spiritual. And I'm 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 lucky to have them. They're like they're additions. But for some people, that's the only thing they have. Cause they don't believe in the Lord. Ultimately, this poem To Remember Love was about. The importance of the memories that you have on love and cherishing them. Not just the ones in the past, but the ones that you're building now with now in your current moment, and looking out for those potential future moments. Understanding that whatever memories you have that persist, they will have effects on you, good or bad. And there, there will be they will encapsulate moments that Our lessons are are just um, bonding or are just necessary just because. And finally, that remembering love and having memories of love will make you so much more. So this was the last poem in love. We started off with love in the moment where I talked about the importance of understanding what it means to be loved and to show love as a parent, to understand how that affected your perception of your strength and your weaknesses and ultimately affected how you gave love to people and how you, sh- you expected them to receive it. And then in Discipline to Care, we talked about how the act of discipline, either disciplining someone or having discipline in your actions can be care and shows care. Um, It it comes up and it rounds out to the concept that if you care about somebody, you're just not going to have them out here doing whatever. You're going to try to show them an organized, systematic approach to at least, if not guarantee success, heighten the possibility of success. And that's done through discipline. And the last poem, To Remember Love, I just summed up. So this is this week's episode, episode 11, Love. So let me know what you think. Thank you for listening to the Words You Want No One To Hear podcast. If this has been of any service to you, you've liked it, or you thought it's been meaningful, please share and comment. Your input is always welcome and honestly appreciated. Please continue on to the next one or check back in later this week or next week for more poems. Later days.